innovation is actually really hard work and um it's something that you can learn and that everybody can learn which means which means that you need teams with a lot of diversity and the more diversity the better because you need different perspectives and only with different perspectives can you get the best results because that means you ask each other questions and and, and are open to other other perspectives as well i think um, that is often underestimated what will you do to unlock innovation in today's fast-paced world innovation might not be enough Tomorrow's pioneers of change will need to be agile, able to adapt, and committed like never before. Your host, Santa Vending, invites you to listen in and join business leaders from around the world as they share their visions for success in our future business challenges. Welcome to Mind Innovation. I'm your host, Santa Vending, and I'm always excited to learn. And in today's podcast, we're going to talk about innovation and how to measure innovation. I want to welcome Esther Hirsch. She's the CEO and co-founder of Grand Control. She's also an international speaker on topics on corporate innovation, portfolio manage- management, and startups. She's also a thought leader, and she's a co-author of the book Innovation and Counting, which is a practical guide for measuring your innovation ecosystem performance. Welcome, Esther. I'm, I'm excited to have you here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's so amazing to, to be a guest in all of these international podcasts. Great. I'm so happy to have you here. So um, I think let's just have something clear, right? Because you, you, you want to measure innovation, uh, but we all need to agree what is innovation. So what's, what's your definition of innovation? Uh, I love that you asked me this first, Sana, because um, this is, I think this is the most underestimated um, things in innovation strategy and in, 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 in fact, measuring innovation. Um, especially because most enterprises love to have that all-incorporating system yeah. uh, and view of innovation, right? They want to see everything and know how far they are at uh, with innovation. Um, uh, but but that's but that's the thing. That's the whole. Um, I think I think that's that, that's the whole learning that we had in the last century. That not all innovation is the same. Um, and there's different kinds of innovation. So we decided that um, it's okay if you call, all call it innovation, but make sure that you give it different names internally um, yeah. and, and, and make sure that you treat these things differently because you have the kinds of innovation that have to do with the, um, uh, with the exploitation of your current business model. That's where all of the systems of your company are, are built around so everything to do with this, um, with growing this, with optimizing this, with renovating this, with making it more efficient. Yes, also digitization uh, yeah. is that is that exploitation of, of your current business model. So that works under your current system. So in general, I'm saying that optimizing or renovating or improving, but not yeah. necessarily innovating. So innovation um takes place in a in a more complex context right so there's a lot of new things happening and you're trying to fit, to find either a new business model and or a new market in a completely new context and yeah. in that context you need to search for what works and what doesn't work which means that it will take time and in that time you cannot measure with the system that you are used to measure with which is that system that is is the optimizing uh, expo- exploiting system um, that makes sure that risk is avoided and, and, and we all at the end 
have some ROI to, to steer on. And, and that's not possible within that, that searching bit, that more complex, complex high-risk new business model innovation, um, where your main goal is, is actually learning what works, validating if that's already true um, in, the, in, in the world around you. Uh, so that means that for that kind of innovation, um, you need to be able to have a different system, a different accounting system, because um, otherwise you're not seeing anything until it's well too late or yeah. <laughs> depending on what perspective you have. <laughs> or, uh, uh, and, and usually because uh, companies can't see anything, they either decide to pull the plug or um, not, not um, acknowledge the success and, and invest further. So, yes, that's, that's why it's so important to understand what innovation is in your yeah. company. And you can call it, I don't know, digital innovation, but make sure that there is a sort of understanding of, hey, all these kinds of innovation, we don't call it innovation or we do call it innovation, are the kinds that we can um, manage, evaluate, uh, uh, and steer with our current governance, with our current system. And this is innovation, yeah. which means we need to search for things that work. We have a different approach because this is high risk. So we're not, we're not putting uh, the same kind of investment techniques in, in, in this kind of innovation that we do in the other ones. And, and here is where we use this kind of system. Yeah. So for, for me, innovation accounting starts with a definition of innovation. But what about, because again, if you want to measure anything, and I think right now where we are, right, data, 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 everybody just is collecting yeah. data and we are like analyzing everything and then suddenly you're like drowning in data. <laughs> so <laughs> what, what kind of data for when you need to measure innovation, what, what, what have you seen, what works, what's like best practice? And maybe you have an example. Yeah, so there's not really one example of how to measure innovation. Um, because like you said, um, you can you can measure anything, but also there's things that you can't measure. So you have to work with the things that you can measure, and then also it does it needs to make sense what you measure and why are you measuring and what what you want what do you want to do with it. So um, the indicators that you are using are important. It's important to understand what you want to do with it. So. Indicators that are useful are indicators that help you make decisions and help you make you help you make steer towards something better, right? So either a better innovation program or a better um, understanding of the business model that you are building or yeah. a, a better strategy in terms of your whole company, and especially with um, new venture building within. Uh, a, corp a corporate environment, um, it, it's important to in understand that you, you, need very, you need many different indicators to be able to understand if things are going well, um, because there's also many layers, right? For yeah. startups, it's quite easy. You have uh, the startup that needs to understand if the business model that it, it, it has in its head is actually working. So you have... Um, maybe the, the pirate metrics as, as, as useful indicators. And based on that, you make decisions to either uh, pivot, persevere, or stop. 
right? But if you then put that in a corporate environment, then you need to measure a lot more because you need to be able to understand if the people doing the innovation, so your teams, are actually good enough or do they have enough knowledge to be able to do these experiments? Because if learning is your core business as an innovation team, then learning should be should be your core metric as well right are they learning are they learning fast enough are they good enough to be able to learn Uh, and and that becomes very important all of a sudden and then if you're managing a whole whole um a whole funnel of teams doing innovation with with a whole funnel of ideas trying to figure out if that works or not then all of a sudden that is something that you need to manage right so do I have a funnel that uh, is filled um, in, in the in, in the right way? You have to you have to see it as a sort of a, I always say you're betting, right? You're betting on the future, and yeah. if you're betting, you have to figure you have to understand that you make a lot of little bets in the beginning to be able to stop the ones that that are not showing any evidence of, of being true or or opportunity, and yeah. you stop those. And then you can make a bigger bet on the ones that do show opportunity uh, and validation in the market. Uh, and if you do that and understand that, then you have you have to figure out a way to manage that funnel. So you need indicators for you to understand if that funnel is, is filled in a balanced way. That means you need a lot of small bets in the early stages of the funnel, uh, and you need to have a few that, that, that follow through. So then it becomes important to understand if, if you have enough ideas in the funnel in in the stages from the framework that you're using and then if you go a layer up then you have completely different interests right because if you're in strategy you don't want to understand if your teams are learning fast enough no you need you want to understand of your portfolio that maybe is fading um has some new ventures coming in? Are there new ch- new new opportunities coming in or not? Am I doing well in terms of balancing my portfolio? So there's actually three layers of indicators from team to management to strategy that are important in an organization to have indicators in that are connected to one another. Good. So I, I want to ask you more because you just said the word learning and I love this. Right. Again, it's, yeah. so, it's, so, it's so important that you capture the learnings um, or that knowledge sharing and then get it through the whole organization. Um, and I think it's a challenge. The places I've seen, it, it's just a challenge to create this because it's like, oh, do I need to document it, right? Um, uh, or do we create a lunch and learn and that's where we share our learnings or there could be others saying, oh, I don't want to share my fear. I fail, right? I don't want to share that. So there's so much right. emotional around if it's a failure, is it a learning? Um, so what, what's your experience around, you know, how, how do you set up this knowledge sharing? Yeah, so I think knowledge sharing um, is important, but it's always important in the context of um, where that learning took place. So what we are saying is you need to have a idea graveyard to be able to check what was validated and how they validated it and, and what went wrong and why, right? So that you can share these, these kind of things. But yeah. you, have to, you have to understand that that context of that idea might be different from the context that you explore with your new idea. So I'm a fan of, of, of knowledge share, sharing as long as you see it in the right perspective. Um, 
as far as 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 failure goes and learning um i learned early on actually <laughs> that failure is actually the best way to learn so um in in our tool for instance that we use to to um have um to write down the success or fail criteria of your experiment, right? If you're experimenting and, and testing and learning, yeah. um, what we're saying is you have an experiment and you can then either click success or not successful in ex experiment. And success is if you have a learning from the experiment. So right. you could have either validated or invalidated it, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, which means that you have learned something. But if you have done the experiment wrong or with the wrong people, then you didn't learn anything and you have to do it again. Right? Yeah. So there's no real failure going on there because invalidation is usually a, a far more powerful um, learning than, yeah. than, than the validation of something. Because quite often you already knew, right? It's like a validation. Yeah, I knew that I was going to towards that direction anyway. But the invalidation more often than not has far more powerful insights that can steer towards a different direction uh, within within validating your new business model than than validations yeah i really like that that's a really really great approach to also just with the wordings right because i think failure people like ah um and that takes us further well, and the failure is actually yeah. ex uh, maybe i should add to that i'm sorry that i mean yeah, no, um I, I think that if you fail um so how we are use the wording again, maybe that's important. If a, if a uh, idea is stopped, right? Because you have invalidated that idea to be not as, as, opportun uh, as an opportunity as you thought it was, you have saved the company a lot of money. And yeah. if you have failed if, or invalidated an idea within three months, that means that you must be really good at your job because you have the ability to learn really fast. It also depends on the idea, but that's how we usually bring it with, uh, within teams, right? So if you are able to invalidate something really quick, then you have saved the company money that they can put into, towards more opportunistic ideas that are more validated, and you can move on to a new idea because you apparently are very good at your job. So yeah. we want to keep you. Um, so I've worked with, with companies before where you came in with an idea and then were, um, were allowed to, to move from your, your position within the company to the innovation lab, right? And then you worked on your idea. But if you have, had invalidated your idea, you, you stopped your idea and then had to um, reapply for your job within the company so that you're actually punished for doing a good job right so so that's something that doesn't work you should be rewarded for doing a good job oh, that sounds like a tough one um um, I also, I want to touch as well, because status meeting, right? Just the word, right? People like dying in these meetings. Um, so what, what kind of, how can you change to, 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 to turn it in to be the learnings that you just said, or how to move along with a project? Or is it the measurement? You know, how do you, how do we change these status meetings? Yeah, I don't know, because I don't, usually don't set up um, an innovation lab with status meetings, right? Yeah. So you either have um, a innovation board 
that so we usually have an innovation board that is educated right and is educated on the questions that they can ask within a meeting like that um and, and it's and you have to pre-apply with all of the validation that you already have so um, what we usually do is um, we so upfront all of the teams know all of the key questions per stage that they need to be able to answer if they yeah. want to move along to a next stage, which means that they also know the kind of evidence that they need to show. So that is how the innovation board will ask questions. Of course, they will ask questions along more um, um, individual um, um, lines for each yeah. individual startup, but but that's how you uh, you approach that. Um, uh, you, you don't want pitch meetings. That's no. that's something that you don't want. No, <laughs> and um, yeah. So so I think it should be like a, a one pager. Yeah, really simple. You need to be able to answer the key questions with confidence. And what is the evidence to prove that you can answer these key questions with confidence? So is and were there any individual asks from the uh, innovation board before? If so, can you answer those? And what is your ask, right? Is that that you want to stop? Is it that you want a, another investment because you, you want to have more information or is it that you want to move along to the next stage? I think that that should be the basis of every uh, innovation board meeting. Yeah. Oh, I, I, like, I like that approach. And I also like the name, innovation board. But what about <laughs> skill set, if we want to talk about that? Because again... Um, with innovation, right? And you want to grow and, and you're growing with, with the strategy. You need skill set. You need the right people and you need human resources or HR to be part of it. Um, so what, what, what kind of skill set do you need in a team where you're saying this, we're going to innovate? I don't think it's one particular kind of skill set because I think that's a big mistake, right? I've seen innovation um, teams that were, that, that consisted of students coming from the Design Thinking Academy because that, that is the only way they could make sure that there was some sort of certificate of, of yeah. <laughs> accomplishment. Uh, and they thought, oh, young people, they must be really innovative, right? Because yeah. that create creativity is still something that is, is, is highly uh, elusive, but nobody knows what to do with it. Um, innovation is actually really hard work. And um, it's something that you can learn and that everybody can learn, which means, which means that you need teams with a lot of diversity. And the more diversity, the better, because you need different perspectives. And only with different perspectives can you get the best results, because that means you ask each other questions and, and, and are open to other, other perspectives as well. I think um, that is often underestimated. Uh, another thing is that, um, a lot of skills that are naturally dismissed within corporates uh, are skills that are really needed within innovation teams, right? Um, I myself, I'm really holistic, but most holistic people who can overview the bigger picture, right? Something that is really important in innovation yeah. are highly dyslectic, right? I'm left-handed, highly dyslectic. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned neurodivergent, um, but something that you need uh, within an innovation team, somebody that can see that bigger picture and, and see the systems to be able to play with that. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, because of your motivational cover letter, you'll be dismissed right off the bat, right? Yeah. Not some, some, something that you want to work with. And there's other skills as well. Like um, there's people that have gaps 
in their uh, resume according to um, to corporate HR. But those gaps usually are entrepreneurs that have tried something, may have failed at something. Yeah. Uh, it's not always described as, as elaborate as other things on their resume. And yes, then they have gaps on their resume that looks like gaps because it's not a corporate career path but you still want those people right um i've been asked uh, oftentimes oh you're a designer so you can't be somebody that's good at innovation um because it's it's hard to relate to different um skill sets at one time but often the people that are entrepreneurs have learned themselves a plethora of skill sets because they need to do almost everything themselves and that's really useful in um, an environment where you have to learn. So people that can do a lot of things um, that are dismissed uh, a lot of times within within a corporate uh, environment because they're looking for specialists mostly um, are also very useful. Yeah. But I, I, I would say diverse. That's really important. Diverse, open to different perspectives and people that really, really want to learn. Yeah. So under the pandemic, and we, you can say we're still in it, right? We're like on the way out of it, but the world is changing. I'm not um, sure if it will be ever out of it. No, we'll never be out of it. It's always here. <laughs> right. But it's just There's not, new two waves yeah. coming here in, yeah. in Europe. So, <laughs> um, But so how, how, has that impa- how have you seen this impact, right? Because remote and hybrid work, how have you seen that impact the innovation? And, and we can talk about an innovation culture and the different organizations. Well, I'm not sure about culture, although I have seen that teams that were um, teams that were safe teams that were already working very well together because they were there was a safe psychological environment in which everybody was allowed to ask questions and nobody uh, would say that is a failure or a stupid question. Like those kind of teams that are that were already working in in a learning way uh, moved towards that that pressure or not, no pressure, I don't know, far easier than other teams because um, they could quickly ask the questions that they need to, needed to ask to adapt to the new environment yeah. and be creative enough to work with the tools at hand and learn from each other how to work with the, t- with the tools. So I think that that, that, that psychological safety within teams to be able to adapt to new situations and ask questions um, and and be open to these kind of questions from different perspectives um, it is very important to adapt to, to new situations like that. Um, in terms of, of corporates is is what I've seen uh, from the outside is that most of them in leadership might still see innovation as a cost because as soon as the pandemic hit, yeah. most of them turned the knob down yeah. cost wise. Whereas if you look at innovation with these long-term long term bets that you're doing, you should see it as a separate kind of cost. You should see it as investment in the future and, and try to stay away from turning that knob right away because continuity is one of the most important things for, for, these kind of, uh, for this kind of innovation. And I, I did see that happen a lot, actually. Yeah. Turn the knob down. No investments anymore. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it's it's all the right when when it's the best time to to plant a tree. That was like 30 years ago, and you can't do that, right? right. Start yeah. <laughs> so I think that's again, if you turn that down, right, turn it up again, because um, you need that funnel, and it's it is for your future. Um, I want to ask about when when you know your learnings. What, what what was the biggest learnings when you wrote the book? And I know you're a co-author, but what was the biggest learning while writing the book? Yeah. Well, that's a good one. I think it's it's communication and perspective again, right? Mm -hmm. So um, the innovation accounting book we we wrote the two of us, but the book that came before it, before it, the uh, corporate startup, there were three three of us writing that together, and um, I like to be really practical in books. Well, then as well, so we need to, so we want to have tested everything that we write down in that book. Uh, and I have a very holistic perspective, so I want to put everything in models in my head and draw them first, uh, and then and, and then is 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 wanting to to write down like that the linear story more. And we had to find a way uh, to be able to work um, with these two perspectives together because it yeah. needed to fit both of our our uh, our, uh, our our ways of working actually. Um, and and the fun thing is that then started drawing. Yeah, uh, as well. Uh, and um, I started writing and be more linear as well. So then we sort of moved towards each other. Uh, that was that was really fun to see. Uh, but we use a lot of tools to be able to do this. So apart from uh, Google Docs and Mural and Trello um, <laughs> and other design, yeah. <laughs> design tools, uh, we used a lot of um, extra tools to be able to communicate what we had in our heads because we wanted to make sure that what we had in our heads and our perspective was understood by the other person because otherwise there's no way that you can make a coherent book out of it. No, no. That's good. No, I, I like that. I also like that you said that you use more than one tool to communicate and communicate and understand each other is one of the biggest, right? It's so important. Right, yeah. To work to work together so we had zoom sessions and then i started drawing on my ipad and then we had other sessions and then dan would have a whole um paper out where he drew everything especially for me to be able for me to be able to see it yeah uh we used trello to have the structure of our book we used google docs to to write the actual sentences in um I used um, InDesign to have the visual structure that I wanted to be the book to be in to be able to be um, easy to use and easy to look up things. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of tools that we use. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So um, if any listener wants to uh, to to reach out to you or to to buy the book, well, how can they find you? So there is a, a site for the book specifically, innovationaccounting.com, where you can find all of the links to the relevant um, uh, Amazon locations to buy the actual book. Um, and, um, well, if you want to know more about me, um, you can find me on, on LinkedIn probably, because if I spell my uh, my website, which is estheremilyholmes.nl, that might be more difficult. <laughs> I'll get a lot. I'll make sure to make it <laughs> in the show notes and also on the page. And oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think innovation accounting, um, the innovation accounting, oh, wait, wait am I saying it wrong now? Because um, no, I have to make sure it's not, it's the book, right? Innovation. 
accountingbook.com. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It's innovationaccountingbook.com. Yeah. Why can't it doesn't? Can you find it? Can you see it? Um, it didn't open. It doesn't open at my end because I'm um, using my. Uh, let me look it up here. Um, yeah, it's innovationaccountingbook.com, and it will give you links to um, the U the the Amazon uh, store that you are uh, in the area of. So we have a. a a special link for you to, to direct you to the right Amazon store. Uh, but in both the US, the South Americas and Europe, uh, you should be able to order it in a local bookstore as well. Perfect. And I, I'll make sure with the, with the links to put it in, yeah, in the show notes and also on the um, on mindinnovation.com. So if you can't spell, <laughs> it's easy to look it up. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, um, Okay, so so thank you, Esther. Thank you so much for, for being here today. I think it was a great talk. And I also like just going around innovation because it's, it's just not one thing, right? It, it is more complex, but you need to make it simple. And you need to talk about the, the innovation foundation in, in a company. Um, and it's, it's, it's planning for the future, right? It's planning for the future, right. And as long as everybody understands that there's two systems, one system for whatever optimizing you are doing, digitizing and there's another system if you're doing that high risk complex new venture building then that's enough to know when <laughs> you can succeed <laughs> no thank you so much yeah right you're welcome thanks for having me thanks for listening to this episode of mind innovation podcast new episodes are dropping bi-weekly so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcast you can find me on LinkedIn, search for Sana Vinding. You can also find me on YouTube, search for Mind the Innovation. Or go to my website, sanavinding.com or mindinnovation.com. Stay curious, keep learning. <laughs>